if you as a parent are like super honest and clear and really show your kids that no matter what they do, if they want to basket weave or bowl or, you know, play soccer, it really doesn't matter. Like as long as they're doing something they love, if you can start with that, then I think it will allow your child to have more trust that they can just say what they want and, and be heard with what they're saying. Mama! Welcome to Mama Has Goals, your weekly reminder that you shouldn't have to sacrifice your dreams to take on the role of mom. I'm Kelsey Smith, mom of two boys, wife, and entrepreneur who's passionate about helping other moms, current and aspiring, to reimagine mom life. I'm bringing you the resources, support, and relatability to debunk that limiting belief that you may have about your ability to achieve your goals while raising a human. We're covering everything from mom guilt, marriage, relationships, careers, finances, mental health, physical health, you name it. Your life doesn't have to fully shift once you become a mom. You can have it all, and we'll show you how. Hey, mamas, thanks for tuning into this week of Mama House Goals. This is your weekly reminder to reimagine mom life and rediscover your multifaceted self. I'm Kelsey Smith, and I'm so excited that you are here. I know being a mom means that you're wearing a lot of hats, juggling a lot of things, and it can be hard to prioritize yourself. And that's why I'm super passionate about the podcasting platform, because I love that you can pop something in your ears, whether you're working, doing the dishes, laundry, going for a walk, maybe in the car or laying in bed if you get a chance. But we do offer so many things outside of this podcast, and I want to make sure that you can dive into wherever you need to be. But bringing it back to why this is so important to me, I'm a lot of things other than a mom as well. I'm a wife, I'm a vineyard partner, app creator, and I love sushi dance parties and truly just connecting with people on how to grow through life together. After I had complications with the delivery of my first son, I sat in the ER questioning, if I hadn't made it through that, what story would I have left behind? Since then, I have been on a mission to help women pursue their own highest self-identity alongside motherhood. And through our phone app, our podcast, Instagram, virtual and in-person events, we've been able to create a community and the resources that you need to truly dive into all the different aspects of your life and who you are and who you want to become. If you want a little more information, you can check out the trailer episode for more. But another new feature I'm so excited to bring you is we have a monthly action guide that we're rolling out through the app. So in the events section, again, the app is free. You can download it from Apple or Google, click into the events section, and you'll see our monthly action guide. Each day, you'll be prompted with a new daily activity to really reimagine mom life. This month, we're focusing on holidays and the quality time to reimagine those memories, what that can mean for you. So whether it's 10 to 30 minutes or maybe digging a little bit deeper, if you choose, you can get small daily activity prompts for you to really set the definition for what you want this season to be in your home. If you'd like a little bit more support, you can text podcast to 707-347-0319 to get on our text list. One thing that I really want to add to these intros right now in this season is just allowing you to remember how loved you are. And I know sometimes you can feel like you are wearing a lot of weight. You're carrying a lot of things. Are people showing up for you the way that you need? But I just want to remind you that you are loved and you don't have to 
hit some crazy goal or do something super spectacular to be worthy. You're just inherently worthy. And I truly mean that. And that you are so important to the journey that you may not even see yet for yourself and for so many others. So just take a moment today and love on yourself. Allow yourself to pour into yourself in any way that you need. If you're not sure what that can look like, just start with going for a walk. But I promise you that you are loved and we are so grateful that you are here. Please send me a message on Instagram and say hello if you're feeling anything different. One person that I love that lights me up and brings so much energy into the world is Shay Haddo, and she is our guest today. Shay and I met through a female entrepreneurs group, and I love what she brings into the world. She is a confidence coach for youth girls, primarily who are athletes, and she helps them work through their mindset and different things that they need to navigate as a young girl to really show up in their best light. Shay has the best energy, the best information, and she truly helps us as parents, whether you're a parent of a little girl or a boy, just really navigating how we can show up best for our kids and working on ourselves along the way. So connect with Shay on Instagram at Shay Haddo, spell S-H-A-Y-H-A-D-D-O-W, as well as on her website at alphagirlconfidence.com. In this episode, we dive into different ways that you can support your children through athletics, what athletics can do positive and negative for your child, how to navigate injuries, and really just navigate all the things alongside parenting for young kids, as well as on athletics. This conversation is so important and needs to be had. So let's dive in and let's welcome Shay to the show. Shay, I am so dang excited to have you here. I have not talked to you since our launch event in April where you just like totally crushed it with our community in person. And I got to see you just crush it on stage. I am so excited that we connected another person that I've connected with through online networking and being in different mentorship groups and so, so grateful for you. I just want to dive in today And overall, I know you're here to talk about how we can support our children, primarily daughters, but also sons in their confidence in life, and especially from the athletic perspective. So I want to take it back and just talk about like athletics in general for a second. Like what can athletics do for kids in their confidence, whether it's team sports or individual sports? Yeah, first off, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm going to get real honest with this answer. Athletics can be an awesome way to help kids improve their confidence, but it can also be a way in which it decreases confidence. Like I've seen this with girls where like generally we're like, yeah, athletics is a great avenue where kids can learn teamwork and confidence and work ethic and like all that stuff. And that's absolutely true. But also I've seen a lot of girls who actually when they play a sport, they don't feel as confident because of negative coaches because of too much pressure from parents, just this pressure to perform and be perfect. So I think it can totally go two ways. And I think a lot of times we see athletics as this this good thing, this the only avenue to become confident, but there are so many other ways to do that. I think it just depends on the environment, whether it's team, parents, coaches, like all of that plays such a huge role in an athlete's confidence, especially as a youth player, because they're they're like sponges, right? Like they take in everything that a coach says or that a parent says, and especially for girls, 
they take everything so literally. So it's like when you, if you have a girl, if you have a daughter, or you're a coach and you have a girl players, it's like, you have to like be really conscious and aware of like what you're saying. Cause they'll really latch onto that and like, be like, oh, that's true. I, I, maybe I'm not good enough. So yeah, athletics, it can go, it can totally go both ways with confidence. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you think there's a difference between team sports and individual sports with that? Or is it truly just kind of across the board? Yeah, I think it's across the board. I mean, I I didn't personally play individual sports, but I've worked with with girls that do play individual sports. And it's the same thing because coaches are a big part of it. Like, obviously, you don't have as much of the social side of it with like team drama and, you know, competition with teammates. So that part is a little bit different and maybe a little bit more simple, but also like the social aspect of sport, I think is one of the biggest aspects of sport for kids. And which is a big reason why a lot of kids play sport in the first place is that, you know, have fun with their friends. And it should be more like that as opposed to play sports to achieve an outcome. It's like, let's get back to why we play sports in the first place. Definitely. So I know so much of the work you do is helping, especially girl athletes, find confidence in themselves to show up as like their happiest, best version of themselves and also giving parents the resources to support them on that journey. So whether it's as they're starting a new sport or just for the person that's listening, that's like, I've never really even thought about like supporting confidence in that way. What is kind of the first step that parents can take to support their child's confidence when they're either starting a new sport or if they're already playing, but this is the first time they've really been like, huh, I'm going to take one action this week or this game? Yeah, I mean, I would say, honestly, the first thing is to give them as much autonomy as you possibly can. Like, is it them that wants to start the sport or is it you like, is like, hey, Jimmy, you want to play soccer? And he's like, no, let's try it. So I think the biggest thing is definitely giving them autonomy to play the sport or not play the sport. It's got to come from them. It's got to come from love. And then the other thing, too, is autonomy in like how often they're playing. Are they going to be on a competition team or do they want to just, you know, play for a rec team? Do they want to sign up for these extra camps or these extra trainings? Or is it you just like being like, oh, I want them to be the best. So I'm going to push them to go to all these extra things. And we could go, I could talk for hours specifically like about this topic here. But yeah, I think a huge thing is giving them autonomy to play the sport or not to play what sport they want to play to decide how much they want to play it. Because then they're playing for them and not for the parent. Like me growing up, I played for me. But when I got a little bit older, like I started playing for my dad because I was like, my dad wants me to play. So I'm going to keep playing. You know what I mean? And so I can get to that point where the parents, you know, good intentions, like push their kid too hard to where it can lead to, you know, burnout and not loving the sport and stuff so much. So I would say that's definitely the first thing when it comes to whether your kid's just starting out in sport or whether they are have been in it for years, ask yourself, like, am I do, are they doing this for me or are they doing this for them? So I think that's a big, a big place to start. One thing I hear a lot is how do I allow my kid to tell me when they like don't want to keep playing the sport, but also help them see something through, right? Like finish out their commitments, even though they may not want to be there. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I I think first having the conversation, like a lot of parents will come to me and like, how do I know? I'm like, blast them. (laughs) Like just have a, I have an honest conversation. And and the girls that I work with, I encourage them to also, you know, if they feel too much pressure from their parents or if they don't want to play anymore, like have the conversation. So it really is about like having those tough conversations and just being like, Hey, do you want to play? Do you not want to play? And then when it comes to like 
the commitment of, let's say it's mid-season, right? And your son or daughter is like, hey, mom, hey, dad, I don't want to play anymore. I think it's important to have a balance to where it's like, hey, we made this commitment. When you commit to something, it's super important that you follow through. So I do err on the side of like, let's stay with this commitment. And then after the season, we don't have to play anymore. Or number two is also, it depends on the environment. If it's an abusive environment, if it's an abusive coach or club or teammates or other parents, I don't care about the commitment. Get out of there. Like I see too many parents like be like, no, we're going to stay with this commitment. In the meantime, like their son or daughter is like getting emotionally abused and verbally abused by their coaches. Like in that instance, it's like use your best judgment But if it's a a decent environment and it's just them not wanting to play, let's see if we can finish it through. If not, like if it's abusive, then let's get out of there because nothing is worth, you know, your child like getting verbally, emotionally, physically abused. It doesn't matter if what other people think of you, like you have to get them out of that environment. And obviously, as a parent, you know what's best for your child. I know, especially in that preteen and teenage years, it's kind of hard to get your kids to communicate, right? So are there some specific like questions or ways that you can like prompt to hear those things? Because sometimes kids don't want to share. They don't want to be the one that's saying like, hey, this isn't a cool environment or I don't feel great. They don't have the confidence to even like raise their hand and have that conversation with you. So what are some ways that you could encourage that conversation? Yeah, I mean, I would say even prior to the conversation is letting your kid know that you love them and support them no matter what. Not just tell them that, but really show them that. Like, don't just show them in one weekend, like show them throughout their whole time. Because for me, going back to my example, I would have never wanted to have that conversation with my dad. And even if he did come to me and ask me about it, I don't think I would have been truthful. I don't think I would have been honest because I knew, I knew that he really, really, really wanted me to play. And I knew that he would be devastated if I didn't. So I think I would have lied, honestly. So like in that example, right? If you as a parent are like super honest and clear and really show your kids that no matter what they do, if they want to basket weave or bowl or, you know, play soccer, it really doesn't matter. Like as long as they're doing something they love, if you can start with that, then I think it will allow your child to have more, trust that they can just say what they want and and be heard with what they're saying. So I think that's first. And then like, as far as opening up the conversation is like making as a parent, like maybe use an example from your childhood about how you felt and get vulnerable about, you know, maybe a time when you didn't want to play, but you felt like your parents made you play, you know, like whatever it is. And so getting vulnerable and like sharing that, hey, it's okay if you don't want to play just be honest with me. Like, I love you no matter what, you know, continuing to say those things are important. And just a simple question, like, why do you play? Why do you play soccer? Why do you play basketball? Is it for you? Is it for me? Do you love it? Like, be honest with me. Like, I, I just want you to have fun no matter what that is. So I think those are a couple things that you can just ask. And I, I understand that a lot of teenagers don't want to have that conversation, maybe won't be open, which is why like a lot of people will like kids will be more open with someone other than their parents. So maybe it's having them talk with a coach or a mentor or someone else in the family to see if they'll be more honest with that person. And then, you know, kind of tag teaming and and creating a support system that way. Yeah. Maybe joining the Alpha Girl Confidence community. Yeah. Like, no, you know, not to have an (laughs) obvious plug here, but it helps. (laughs) (laughs) 
Definitely. So let's say the child's in the sport and the parents are navigating the sports life. They're they're working together. And, you know, with that, things happen. There's highs, there's lows, there's wins, there's losses. So let's talk about after a loss. Like emotions are definitely never as great after a loss than a win. So what are some ways that the parents can handle those conversations? What are the to do's and to not do's? Okay, the biggest thing is like, if you are so upset as a parent about a loss, your kid's going to be so upset about the loss. Like it's, it's a loss. It's a game. It's a sport. Your kids will kind of mirror your emotions. So if you're like so upset about it, your kids are like, oh my gosh, this means a lot to my parents. Then it's going to add some pressure on it. And then they're going to feel that way as well. Right. So I think you as a parent, like recognizing your own behaviors and how you handle that loss is huge. But then like a lot of uh, kids are different, right? Like sometimes kids want to talk about the game after. Sometimes they don't want to talk about the game after. So before a game even happens, like I would say this week, go ask your kid if they like to talk about the game after. And if they don't, it's cool. Maybe tell them a couple things that they did well and that you love to watch them play and whatever and leave it at that. But if they say that they do want you to talk about the game or they're fine with it, let them lead the conversation. So don't go into, hey, you need to do this and this and this, right? If you're going to give feedback, like super basic, always start with something positive and not just something like vague, but get really, really specific. Like, hey, I love how you made that run when no one else was getting into the box, right? Like get really specific so they know that you're actually like paying attention. And also when you give feedback, don't give feedback related to results. So, hey, great goal. Give feedback related to the effort that came to in order for that goal to happen. So focus on process-oriented feedback instead of results-oriented feedback. That'll just help with the growth mindset in general for your kid. So I know this is kind of a long-winded answer to your question, but yeah, it's definitely like let, letting them lead the conversation and always always kind of the feedback sandwich, right? Like we have a positive feedback, then it's something that they, they can improve on, and then it's another positive. But even more important than that, if you want a good way to help get the conversation started is ask your kid, hey, what do you think you did well? What do you think you could have done better? What are you excited about for next game? So ask them questions and let them formulate their own responses and analysis of the game instead of you creating your own analysis of the game. Because at the end of the day, it only matters what they think. It doesn't really matter what you think of the game. It only matters what they think. So it's important to start to get them to realize that. And we do that by asking them the questions and letting them kind of figure it out on their own. Like, how did I play? And that kind of stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I literally am over here taking notes. Like that was so good because so many, but it's so applicable to outside of sports too. Just like being able to focus on the process and the effort that was put in rather than just the result. Like I think when it comes to grades or even just like friendship or cleaning your room, like literally any of the things to focus on that and having that specific positive feedback, like not just like, Hey, good game. Like but actually, like, what was the specific feedback to that? So good. And just asking the questions. I think any relationship that you have, your parenting relationship or anything else, like teaching your kids how to ask questions. I was actually just listening to another podcast and they were talking about when you ask someone, like, how are you doing today? Like, more specifically being like, on a scale of one to 10, 
Like, how are you feeling on this topic today? So then you know how to support that person. And I think that's like applicable to this, like coming out of the game. How are you feeling? You know, and so many good takeaways with what you said and everything. Just you're so good at this. I just love every single time. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need to have Shay in my pocket for the rest of my parenting journey. Like, oh, no. And, and that's the thing, too, is I'm not a parent. FYI, disclaimer, I'm a dog mom. But like all of the the things that I share, it's just out of experience from my childhood, but also the experience of working with girls and being like in their head a lot, right? And then one more thing I just want to say, like based on what you just said is like, this can be used for a, let's say your your child had a choir performance or they presented a project at school or they had a test or they had a piano performance. It doesn't matter what it is. Like all of these concepts apply to all parts of life, right? Not just sports, but all parts of life. So make sure... Yeah, it's it's asking the questions because also when you're just giving feedback, unsolicited feedback for the most part, it's like they don't they don't take that in. Like I guarantee you, it's going in one inner ear and out the other ear. But if you ask the question, it's like, oh, I'm actually going to think about this, and it's actually going to land if it's coming from them and them kind of looking at it as opposed to it's just, just like this blah, unsolicited feedback. Yeah, yeah. The other thing you just reminded me of is like, as parents, we often talk about how we need some mental space, that there isn't a ton of space throughout our days and times that we can just like have downtime to be with our own brain. And I think that that's a reminder for us as parents of what our kids need too. Like they don't get a ton of that either. They're, you know, playing sports with their friends, have their phones going off, like at school, then they have their parents talking to them. So I think we all need to remember, we all need some silence here and there and mental space to just kind of like be. So that's a good reminder for me. Also, can I make a point around silence? <laughs> so it's so funny because on my podcast, I don't know, probably a couple months ago, I did an episode like about parents and how to, you know, better behave on the sidelines and stuff like that. And I gave the analogy of like, you know, a lot of times if you go to a youth soccer game or baseball game or whatever, a lot of times it's like parents yelling, shoot, run faster, score, tackle, like, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, imagine parents that your kid comes into your office and yells at you to type faster or get that deadline or, you know what I mean? Like they're yelling at you about how to do your job. Would that make you feel calm and relaxed and perform well? Probably not. So same thing, if you're yelling at your kid to shoot, run faster, go harder, pass the ball, like it's the same thing as if they're coming in your office and yelling at you to, you know, say something better or talk slower. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's such a funny a funny example when you look at it that way. So when you're at a performance or a competition, remember that you yelling things from the sidelines is doing more harm than good for the most part. <laughs> I think that that's very good analogy, but it does bring up a question for me. So I think that I didn't play organized like physical sports. I grew up doing like dance and things like that. But I do wonder what is the right way to show up on the sidelines so that your kids like know you're present they're encouraging them and like cheering them on like what is the right way to be like I'm here and I'm excited for you without yelling like run faster <laughs> yeah well there is no right way again ask your kid hey how do you want me to be on the sidelines you know like number one don't ever coach from the sidelines as a former coach please do not ever coach from the sidelines because <laughs> then it's just, everyone gets confused. But yeah, like ask your kid, like, hey, do you want me to like, you know, like obviously I think most kids want their parents to cheer for them and, and yeah, good job, good, you know, stuff like that. 
But just like telling your kid to run faster, I don't think ever, I don't think most kids, I would say 90% of kids probably don't want their parents yelling that at them. But you never know, like ask your kid, like, hey, do you want me to like be off in the corner and be inconspicuous? I would have said that. I would have been like, dad, I want you to be in the car. (laughs) Like, I don't want to see you. (laughs) But some kids want their parents to be, you know, front of the stands, front and center. They want to be able to see them and that's fine. But I would encourage you to try to remove yourself as much as possible the older they get, because a lot of times, I'm sure parents that have kids that play sports will understand this, that when your kid makes a mistake, the first thing they do is look over at you and say, oh, did mom and dad see that mistake? And when they're looking at you as a parent and not focusing on the game, you know what I mean? Like they're not in the game. They're worried about what you're thinking. And I think sometimes as kids get older, if their parents are always there and always giving feedback then they become like dependent on that. And if their parents not there, then like they really struggle. So I would just say like, ask your kid how they want you to be. But also like, as they get a little bit older, like maybe just start to give them a little bit more space, you know, like not to not cheer or anything, but just give them a little more space. Let them know you're there and and you're supporting them, but that they don't need you to perform. I think that's a big thing is that showing your kids that, hey, I can be here. I cannot be here. Either way, like you're going to do awesome. You're going to perform well. Yeah. And you know, a lot of what we talk about is having that conversation with your kids to not have the mom guilt if you can't make every game, you know, because if you're trying to do your own thing, and it's, you know, so great to hear the other side that like it could actually even benefit the kids to maybe have a little bit of that space. Can I, so I want to make a point to that. So I actually had, her name's Linda Flanagan. I had her on my podcast back in October, I believe it was. And she wrote a book called Take Back the Game, How Money and Mania Are Ruining Kids Sports. And one of the biggest pieces of advice she has for parents is to miss some games, to not attend every game. And the reason why is similar to what I already said is to show your kids that, you know what, this is your sport. This isn't my sport. This is for you. I'm going to be here most of the time. I'm going to support you. But also mom has a life. Mom has her things. And so it's showing your kids that like, yeah, what you do is important, but like, I want it to be important to you, not more important to me. So I don't know. I hope that makes sense. But I think, yeah, the whole mom guilt thing, like, yeah miss a couple games, you know, like do go do your own thing. You have your own life. You have your own goals. You, you got to do your own thing. And your kid will actually see that as like, you know what, my mom is doing some pretty cool stuff and that's really important to her. And that's awesome. So yeah, I think I'm glad you brought that up because that's a huge, huge opportunity. I think moms and dads can both make with their kids. Yeah. I think it's so important. And just to remember that it's like mutually beneficial on like both sides to have each person doing their thing and achieving things. And, you know, All this community, what we're about is showing up and being our best versions of ourselves in and outside of parenting and allowing our kids to do the same, like in and outside of that sport, in and outside of being a child, like having an identity outside of all those different things. So I think that that's so important to be able to have those space in those different ways. Thank you for that. I do have a couple questions just about like the actual logistics when it comes to the other things that happen in sports. So let's talk about injuries. Like injuries can happen in anything. It could happen, like you said earlier, we're talking about choir, like vocal cords, being sick, mixing a performance or like actual physical injury for the sport that you're playing and you can't do that. How can parents help navigate the confidence that comes from being able to like, I had a family member who had a really horrible accident last year and wasn't sure if she was ever going to be able to play soccer again. And 
how do you navigate a situation like that or something smaller to maybe like a sprained ankle or like being not being able to play during that time frame? So, yeah, I have great experience in this because I, I tore my ACL when I was 12 years old and I was out for almost a year and it really took a toll on not just me and my dad's relationship, but our whole family. Like my injury literally like put a strain on our whole family and that that should never happen. Like he was doing the best he could. He knows this. Like if he were to listen, he wouldn't be like, what the heck? Like he, we've talked about this. But yeah, I think it, identity is a huge thing with injury, right? Because a lot of athletes or, you know, if you're music, whatever that thing is, if they can't do that thing anymore, they're like, oh my gosh, if I'm not a soccer player, who am I? If I'm not a guitarist, who am I? You know what I mean? If I'm not a singer, who am I? So it's it's helping them to realize that like you are so much more than your sport. You're so much more than what you do. And I love you for who you are, not what you do. So if you lose your sport, that doesn't matter. You're still you. I still love you no matter what. So I think the identity piece is a huge thing. And when they get injured, there's two things I want to touch on. Number one is to not like push them into getting back into it too soon. Like don't pressure them. Like obviously they need, maybe need a little push to do their physical therapy exercises or whatever that is, but don't put pressure on them to get back. Like I felt a lot of pressure, like you got to get back, you got to get back. You know, I was 13 years old when I was recovering. So like just give them the time and space they need because ultimately they need to trust their body. They need to trust that their body is ready. Like, yes, they, they're going to listen to you and their doctors and stuff like that. But ultimately, if they don't trust their body, they shouldn't go back. So that's my take on like, just really, really give them space to like have that time. And then the other thing is when they are injured, help them find other hobbies or help them do other things that are totally unrelated to their sport. So, you know, they got their physical therapy exercises, whatever, like, great. But also like, can they, can they learn a new skill? Can they learn how to cook? Can they learn how to knit? Like, it doesn't matter what it is. Just help them to, to broaden their skill set and just like their, their sense of self and their sense of like what they're good at. Bringing it back to my story, like for a long time, probably a couple of years ago, I always identified as I'm a soccer player. Now I'm a soccer coach. Now I'm a confidence coach. And I'm like, I'm not good at anything else. Like I'm only good at sports. And I believe that my whole career. And so getting helping your kid during injury can actually be a huge opportunity to take a deep breath, relax, go do things as a family, go find other things to do that your kid can enjoy. And most people will probably fear that like, oh no, my kid's going to get behind if we do that. Like, no, your kid's injured. They can't play. Like might as well go have fun and like do other things. Yeah, I think that's a huge, huge thing when it comes to injury that will just help a kid's confidence when they come back if they, number one, trust their body and number two, like have a deeper sense of, of self and they're a multidimensional human being with all these, you know, different skill sets and hobbies and loves and stuff like that. Yeah. The other thing that reminds me of is I talk a lot about like expanding your network and finding the different pieces to your puzzle to make your puzzle whole. And I know so many kids when they play a sport, those are all their friends, right? The people that they play their sport with, which there's a lot of really great things that can come from that. But it does make me question, you know, what if the other pieces to their puzzle that they need, they'd be missing out on if you weren't encouraging them to break outside of that kind of friend group and that team and look for other pieces. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you should absolutely, absolutely encourage your kid to like branch outside socially is outside of their team. Like 
again, I mostly had all my friends. I shouldn't say mostly, mostly, I should say all of my friends were my teammates. And so I never had to learn how to make friends. Like they were just given to me. Like I was just born into an awesome group of friends. And like those relationships are, were like the coolest thing about playing sports. Like if I could just, that would be the one thing is like, that was the coolest thing is just the relationships. But like also I didn't really have any friends outside of my sports. So again, it solidified that identity of just an athlete even more. Like wherever I went, I was just surrounded by sports. And I didn't have kind of that breathing room of just being a normal <laughs> teenage girl and having friends outside. So yeah, I would absolutely encourage your your kids to, you know, make friends outside of sports and to kind of branch out in, in that kind of way for sure. Yeah, I think that could be so important should an injury arise as well, because then they don't feel like they just have no friends that understand different parts of their life. Yeah, that's a really, really good point for sure. Yeah. Cool. So the other thing that I know a lot of people talk about in the sports world is like playing time, how much time you play on the field, how much you're actually out there, but not everyone gets the same amount of playing time. So what is kind of your thoughts on the confidence piece around that and how parents can navigate that conversation from the standpoint of low playing time to also wanting to improve playing time? Because I know there's a coach piece in there too. So I know you've kind of been in all three roles. So what are, what are kind of the thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of like laughing and smiling a little bit just because playing time, it's like in the grand scheme of life, it's really not a big deal. But in like when you're so enveloped in the sport, it's like playing time, playing time, playing time, right? And it can create a lot of pressure on a kid. So I would say like with with anything, when I'm talking to one of my girls about you know, performing and playing and stuff like that. It's like, what can you control? Can you control playing time as a parent? No. Should you control playing time? Absolutely not. You should not have any say whatsoever in their playing time. That means not talking to the coach about playing time. Well, um, I'll maybe circle back to that in a minute. But as a player, it's like, do you have control over your playing time? Ultimately, no. Do you have some control over like, maybe what the coach over your performance and then hopefully your coach will give you more playing time. Yes, you do. But you can work your butt off. You can perform and hey, maybe the coach just doesn't like you. That happens. You know, there's coaches that play favorites or maybe there's politics involved. And so playing time is ultimately out of the player's control, but even more so out of the parent's control. So then it's like, okay, well, what can we do? Well, let's focus on what we can control. What can we control? And when I say we, I say, what can the player control? They can control their work ethic, their attitude, how much they're working on their own. And I don't want to put any, you know, heightened emphasis on working on their own because go be a kid working on your own at your sport isn't the most important thing in the world. Those are the things you can control. You know what I mean? So as a parent, like, let's take the time equation out of it and let's just focus on the process. Let's encourage your kid to, come up to their own conclusion about how you can get better. Don't tell your kid what they can do to get better. Ask your kid what they can, what they think they can do to get better. And then when it comes to having a conversation with the coach, encourage your kid to have a conversation with the coach, right? And like ask the coach, hey coach, here's, I, this is the example I always give, like what can a, a girl say or, or a boy say to their coach? It's like, you know, I know not everyone is going to get equal playing time, but I really want to make an impact on this team. So I was wondering if there's any feedback you can give me so that I can get some more playing time, right? So it's like, it's coming from a place of, of curiosity. 
and of wanting to get better, not like, coach, I want more playing time. Like, how can I get more playing time? Right. So like how you approach your coach about it is huge. So like as a parent, have your kid practice that conversation with you. You know what I mean? Because that's that's scary. As like a kid, that's so scary to have that conversation with your coach. So practice that conversation with your kid. And if they're not happy with their playing time, then encourage them a little bit. Give them a little a little nudge. Say, hey, maybe you should have a conversation with your coach and just ask them if there's anything you can do. Maybe ask them why you're not getting the playing time that you want. And then from there, it's like, let's just focus on the process and get as good as we want to get, have as much fun as we possibly can. And at the end of the day, playing time is out of my control. So I'm just going to enjoy it. So good. And I think so much of that, the skills of just having those conversations, getting your kids to think about better questions to ask, and then use a parent, like helping guide that because it starts, you know, with us and moving that forward. I just think that that's so good. And I can just like envision this other world of if more parents and kids were coming with these questions rather than just like, oh, you know, you're not doing this right, or you're not doing that, or the coach is, you know, the bad person. And I hear you that that's a small percentage that that might be real. But I don't think it's the majority. So it's being able to come in and say like, hey, what can I do? You know, taking that self ownership. And like, I think a lot of parents may be thinking, well, like, what if my daughter or son is, is young, and I do need to talk to the coach about playing time? Well, here's my take on that. If your daughter or son is young, like younger than, I don't know, 11, 12, and each sport is different, and they're not getting good playing time, maybe you should leave the team, like, and find a coach that gives the young kids equal playing time. Like, in what world should an eight-year-old be benched? You know what I mean? Like, thinking about, like, youth sports has gone way too far. Um, It's so much about status and that kind of stuff. So it's like, if your kid is young and they're not getting the playing time, like, sure, as a parent, it's a conversation you can have. Like, hey, like, you know, we're just trying to have fun. Can, can, you know, can we make this a little more equal? You know what I mean? But it's so important, like, to be just try to find the best environment possible to where, like, that won't even happen at that age. But definitely, like, as they get older, no coach in their right mind is going to appreciate a parent going up to them and asking them to give their kid more playing time. So as your kid gets older, you know, 13, 14 on, that's when they should really start to practice the skill of having those conversations on their own. And I think, again, taking it back, I think, you know, I'm just thinking about my parenting journey coming up. And I think it's applicable to everything, like whether it's a teacher and behavior in school, grades, any of those things, like, my kindergartner probably can't go talk to the teacher by themselves. And I'll probably have to talk about things to them. But when the kids get older, they should be able to talk to their teacher and, you know, have some conversations. Yeah. I mean, if if it's an issue of, you know, like, let's put playing time aside. If it's an issue of how your kid is getting treated by the coach, like, absolutely step in. And obviously, I don't need to tell you that you're going to your parent parental instincts are going to kick in. So that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying as it relates to playing time which is like, again, it seems like such an important thing, but in the grand scheme of things, it's just like a pretty, you know, trivial thing. Like we want our kids to play and have fun. And if that's your goal is for them to play and have fun, maybe it's like, we don't need to be on this elite team that only cares about wins and stuff like that. So just something to consider. Yeah, no, I think that's good. And like I said, just applicable to everywhere. So all of this, whether it's sports, life, how you show up, how you win, all the things, The things that can kind of be a byproduct from that sometimes, just like truly navigating growing up in life and parenting, is stress, anxiety, and pressure. 
And with sports, this is an extracurricular activity. So this is added on top of our other daily things that we have, both from the parenting perspective of keeping the family afloat and showing up for either your job or your home, but then also for the kids. They still have homework. They still have other responsibilities. So do you have any thoughts on like how to help manage the balance between those things for kids and the stress and anxiety and pressure that can come out of kind of both buckets? Yeah, so I definitely think that this is a very, very strong belief that kids are just way overscheduled. Honestly, most of the kids I work with are way busier than I am. And I like, granted, I have freedom over my time, but still I'm like, you have an hour of freedom a day? Like, that's it? You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. Like, I definitely think that our kids are way overscheduled. So that's one thing is just looking at the schedule and being like, is all this stuff necessary? And like, is this stuff like, do they really want this? Do they need this? You know what I mean? Oh, wow. There's a hummingbird right outside my window. That was really cool. Just staring at me. Yeah, like asking like the hummingbird agreed with me in that one. Yeah, like really looking at the schedule and saying, is is this necessary? Like, do we need to go to this camp and this training and this class and like all this stuff? Or like, would it be better suited? Would actually help my kid mentally, emotionally, socially, physically to have a little bit more breathing room? You know what I mean? And a lot of parents and people, and I get this, think that, oh, if there's too much space and they're just going to be on their phones or they're just going to watch TV. Well, then like, let's do something about that as a family. Let's like make time to go play. Let's make time to go explore. You know what I mean? So I think looking at the schedule as a parent is huge because ultimately you have control over their schedule. And going back to, you know, the very first, we were talking about giving them more autonomy so looking at the schedule and then asking them like, hey, do you do you want to keep doing this? Do you want to maybe just do this once a week instead of twice a week? Hey, how are you feeling? Do you feel stressed out? Do you feel pressure? Do you feel like you have enough time to just like hang out and relax? Like I've had so many girls, like I have a, a girl specifically that I do one-on-ones with. She's a high school kid and she like was not sleeping well. She was sick all the time. And I'm like, okay, well, let's look at your schedule. It was like packed. Sleep was off, like not good just packed schedule. And one of the most important things, like, yes, we cleaned up her her rest time, which was on her phone. It's like, let's actually use that for rest. But then we, we cleaned up, we were like, okay, well, we need to find some time in the day where you can just do something that you enjoy, whether that's go hang out with friends, go for a walk, like whatever it is, like do something that you really enjoy that's going to like fill your cup up. Because I don't think that, especially kids in elite sports or, you know, activities, I just don't think they have enough time to have fun. And I know their sport is fun, but it's also a mandatory obligation in a sense as well. So I think there needs to be time at least, you know, a couple times a week in a, in a kid's schedule where they can just have time to kind of like just be to themselves, no obligations, do whatever they want to do and just just have fun. And also with that is like, I really strongly also believe that every child should have at least, at least, at least, at least one full day off of all obligations. So I know that's sometimes hard to do. Growing up in Utah, that was easy because we never had anything on Sundays. Like that was just a given, right? But like here in California, it's like there's games like every Sunday, you know what I mean? For a lot of things. And so I would really encourage like your your kid. And I know school is maybe not part of that, right? Like like after school, like one day where they just don't have anything, where they can just like hang out, 
be with friends, be a normal kid. Because when I was growing up, I used to always say, I wish I could just be a normal kid and I'll have to go to practice every single day after school. So that's my take on that is just kind of look at the schedule a little bit more and see if you can find more room for fun and play. Yeah, I love that. And I, you know, again, it brings me back to the parenting side of it. It's like a lot of parents don't know how to have fun. They forgot. So it's hard to introduce it to your family. So I think for the mom that's sitting there, maybe thinking that also start with you, figure out how you can have fun first, because your kid may be kind of inheriting those values where they're like, I don't even know if I had downtime, what I would do with it. So help encourage that as a family, like what is fun? And it reminds me of, I'm curious if with your girls or in coaching, in my leadership role in work, I used to do like a high and low activity with our employees. So we would say like, what was your high of the week? What was your low of the week? Do you do anything like that with the girls when you have your check-ins or anything that maybe a parent could implement to kind of get at least that one answer? Because again, I know it is hard to get our kids talking sometimes. So like, so they can get kind of a pulse check on their kids and how things are going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This, I'm glad you asked this question. Yeah, so instead of saying like, hey, how was school? Good. <laughs> you know, like it was fine. So instead of that, it's like one thing I'll always ask my girls, it's like, hey, what was the best part of your day? You know what I mean? And like, even if it was just school, like tell me the best part of your day. So that's one thing. And then also kind of on the other end, it's like still in an excited tone is, hey, what did you, what did you fail at today? You know, so it gets them actually thinking instead of just like, Oh, it was good. It was fine. Like, no, tell me, what did you fill out? Like, what was the best part of your day? Another thing is like asking like, hey, describe your day in one word. You know, it's like, oh, in one word, like, what was my day like? So those are a couple of things that I do with the girls that I have check-ins with. And I think will promote a bit more conversation with parents and their kids as opposed to like the typical, you know, how was school? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because everyone's like, good. <laughs> yeah, or, I don't know. <laughs> it's so exactly. funny. A lot of times I'll be like, what was the best part of your day? And they're like, the end of the school day. And I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah. When <laughs> or I'll be like, hey, what's your favorite part of school? And one girl, I crack up every time she's all leaving school. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Hey, me too. That was my favorite part of the day too. But hey, at least it, it gets some some answer, right? Yeah. But I think truly the other thing with that though, is they have a space to even communicate that, right? To say like, you know what? I'm not loving school right now, sharing that. And then you have the skills and the container for these girls to all share how to work through that and like what the next steps are to not just be like, mm, yep, we don't like life to be able to work through and say like, how do we get to maybe, maybe we aren't going to love school. Like that's not what you're promising, but you're talking about how we work through the things outside of that. So I think it's so great that they have spaces like that. And that makes me curious. You've been working with girls through kind of, I think you started, is it like 12-ish typically? Is that? Yeah. I mean, that's the, I would say 12, 13, 14 is the main, but you even have like some 10 year olds too. Yeah. So have you really seen any of these girls? I know you see like the changes in them all the time, but do you have like a specific story of like them moving through a chapter, whether it's like going from middle school to high school or ending a year, ending a season where you've just like seen such a change in either that family dynamic or her or any of that? I'd love to just hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do definitely have one. I'm sure you can tell by the smile on my face. It was a girl named Sophie. She was a soccer player and I say was, and you'll see why. So she was a soccer player and her her mom is so awesome, like such a good relationship with them. 
So came in as a soccer player, worked together for about at least six months, I think. And then I, I, you know, we, she had some great success, you know, stopped fearing mistakes so much and all that, which is, which is great. But then I got a message from her mom, like a couple months after we started working together. And she's like, Hey, just want to let you know that, and I did not give her the confidence, but she said, you gave Sophie the confidence to quit her sport and try something else. So she's trying cross country now. And she tried like the 4-H thing, like the farm thing or whatever it is. So like just knowing that for me, and that goes to show that I don't really care about the sports. It's like, if if you want to play your sport and be great at it, awesome, I'm going to support you. But if you do not like your sport and you want to leave it, I'm also going to support you. So it's like just hearing that, this girl was able to have the confidence in herself and to have those hard conversations to be like, you know, like this thing just isn't for me. I want to try something new. And she's doing awesome at that was just so incredibly cool. So it's like all the the sports stuff is awesome that I hear a goal, a lot of points, like whatever, that's cool. But it's the stuff outside, you know, the friendships that were were made or the friendships that were let go of or the tough conversation with the coach, you know, like those things are what really, really, you know, make a difference in my world. Well, you know how obsessed I am with you and what you do and the impact and even not being like a really serious athlete outside of dance, you know, we won't debate if that's a sport or not here. I don't even necessarily call it one. It's just different. It's a different dynamic, right? But with all of that, there's so much that you share that I know I could have benefited from so much. So I'm so passionate about you sharing like how you support people and what you do. So I'd love for you to just take a couple minutes and tell us like, how can people connect with you, your world, how they, you can maybe support their family or their daughter. If you just, here you go, promote yourself. A little story time, right? Like a couple months ago, I was, I was in a bit of a burnout phase. Like I was like, it was actually after the conversation I had with the woman who wrote that book about, you know, money and mania ruining kids sports. And I was like, am I part of the problem? Like, am I just you know, making kids schedules busier? And am I like creating this elitism that, oh, you have to do confidence and mindset work. And so I I really like sat down and was like thinking like, my gosh, am I, am I part of the problem here? And like, I had many people say like, no, 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 you're not part of the problem. But I think I just needed a little bit of space to like rework how I talk about things and how I share and, and really work with girls. And so like now I'm in like a really, really awesome space where I, and I'm, I hope it kind of came through today where I do really just want to work with girls to show them that they are innately powerful, worthy, and confident exactly as they are. And they don't need a sport. They don't need any external validation to prove that. So I really just want to show girls like that they can just be their authentic selves and that that is always, always, always good enough. So yeah, that's kind of like where I'm at right now. And I have a workshop. So it's a new year uh, confidence workshop. It's on December 27th. And again, my focus for that workshop, it'll be a little bit of athletics, but it's mostly going to be like how to find your rediscover, you know, that, that confidence inside of you and how to play more freely and just have more fun and stuff like that. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, I'm going to start the podcast up. I, I took a break for a couple months, but the podcast is going to be started back up hopefully in February after my Hawaiian vacation. I'm excited for that. Um, so yeah, I'm just excited to kind of be in this new space and to be able to feel more in alignment with with my message. And if there's a parent that comes to me and only wants their athlete to be better, I'm like, no, sorry, like I'm not for you. You can go find 
I can help you find someone else to work with. You know what I mean? So I just feel more confident about that. And yeah, I'm just really excited about where this is heading. I don't know where it's heading, but wherever it goes, I'm excited for it. Yeah. And one of my favorite things that you have and I think is going to continue is the group programs and where the girls get to connect with each other. I'd love for you to talk about that because as we were talking about, you know, girls, if they get injured or wanting to find friends outside of their sport, I also wish that there were programs that were more available for girls to find real friends that weren't even where they live per se exactly. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So my my group right now, it's going to it's going to take on a new shape like after the new year. But I will always, always, always do some form of like group coaching because I absolutely love it where, you know, we have a small group of girls that come on that play all different sports, all different backgrounds, all different locations. And it's just so cool for them to see that like they're not alone in their journeys. You know, like as a teenage girl, I'm sure you can agree. And every mom on here can probably agree that like as a teenage girl, it's like you felt like you were alone a lot of the time. Like, why am I the only one that feels this way? Am I the only one that feels self-conscious? Am I the only one that feels anxious? You know what I mean? And so I hear, I know you just said this and I hear this from every adult and especially former athlete that I talk to. It's like, I wish I had something like this when I was growing up. And I'm like, absolutely. Like, this is why I do it. And this is what can helps me like continue to have that fire lit so yeah, I just love being able to work with girls. And I like our calls are on Tuesday afternoons. And every Tuesday I go to my wife and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was like the coolest call. Like, I don't know. It's just like, we have such awesome conversations. It's so cool to be in a space where I can support and mentor girls in such a critical part of their lives, you know, like navigating middle school and high school and and just being able to create a safe space where they can freely share, you know, and also hear from other girls and also give girls feedback on their own experiences. So I really, really love that. It's like my absolutely favorite favorite part of what I get to do. Yeah. So we'll share the details for your workshop and all the links in the show notes. But for someone listening, and they're just like so excited, they want to dive in, what's the best way for them to connect with you to move their daughter forward? Yeah. So if you're on, I'll give you a few different places. If you're on Instagram, you can find me at Shay Haddo. Send me a DM. If you're on Facebook, just search Shay Haddo. I also have a free Facebook group for parents that's Alpha Girl Confidence. So if you search that in the groups, my website is alphagirlconfidence.com. So there you can find my book, my podcast, and then, you know, my email and stuff. So if you want to reach out that way, then you could find all that on my website. Amazing. Shay, thank you so much for all the value you provided. I love having you here. Mamas, if you love this episode, please follow Mama Has Goals on Apple Podcasts so you always know when we drop a new episode. And please leave a five-star review sharing your favorite part of this episode. Screenshot it, tag Shay so she can share it with her community too. Follow us on Instagram at Mama Has Goals. See you next time. Thanks, Kelsey. Thanks, Kelsey.